Marathon to March. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jonathan Litzkin alongside David Campbell. You are listening to KCLU 88.1 FM. We have the Big Ten previewed for you today, joined along by a very special guest, Northwestern head basketball coach, Chris Collins. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be on the show. Thank you uh, so so much for joining us today. Me and David both really appreciate it. Uh, I want to get started right away because I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, the first thing I have for you is it feels like the Big Ten has been just the deepest conference in college basketball for quite some time now. It feels like they get nine, ten teams in the NCAA tournament every single year. How do, How is it um, for you preparing to coach your team against top 25 teams week in and week out? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's obviously a, an incredible league to, to play and coach in right now. Uh, like you said, I think the last couple of years, top to bottom, it's been the best league in the country. Um, just the level of, of play, the level of coaching, the level of scouting, uh, it makes it difficult. You know, I'll give, I'll give you guys a perfect example. Last year, we, we started... Uh, the conference season, we, we really got out of the gates well. We, we had a home win over Michigan State. We went on the road. We won at Indiana, uh, came home, beat Ohio State. Um, we were 3-0. and um, I think we cracked the top 25 or number 19 in the country, something like that. And, and I remember going to the press conference after the Ohio State game and the reporter asking me, how do you feel that you're 19th in the country, but you're going to be the underdog in your next 15 games? And, uh, you know, it just gives you an example of just how good this league is when, you know, night in and night out, you, you got to prepare yourself. That's why it's really imperative to kind of take each game as it comes along. You know, if, if you find yourself, you know, trying to look ahead or trying to look at like a six game window or the next three weeks or things like that, you'll physically get ill when you look at your schedule. So you got to focus on the next game, try to put a game plan together, you know, try to go out, play at a really high level and uh, see what you can do to try to get just a single win. I mean, any win you, you get in this league is is a big-time win, in my opinion. Yeah, Coach, that's a great point there. Um, talking about the Big Ten, uh, off on the court and off the court, uh, you know, you have really good recruiters in Tom Izzo. Juwan Howard's making an impact at Michigan. How tough is it to try and, you know, uh, recruit in, a, in one of the toughest conferences? Yeah, I, I think what, what each program tries to do, and, and you have those – programs that have established themselves as as you know household names across the country and have great history and tradition that, that are appealing to a lot of players and you know I think in in our case and, and each school I think you just got to try to attack it for the, the guys that really fit what you're trying to do you know can you can you find the guys that that fit your culture fit how you want to play um, you know we're in a position right now 
we're, we're probably not going to win those, you know, head to head battles for those five star guys. But, you know, can we do, you know, our, our due diligence? Can we find that guy that maybe is a little undervalued on the high school level, but no one in our strength and conditioning program and our player development, you know, give them a couple years of seasoning. Can those guys then eventually beat those guys that were that four and five stars coming out of high school? So um, you just got to do your work. You know, you got to, you know, try to try to find the guys that really fit you, fit your culture. I think if you look at the programs in the conference, everybody kind of has a little bit different style of play and, and different players that really fit what they do. And, and that's what we've tried to do with our recruiting. Yeah, coach, I want to transition to more discussing your te- team this year. You have a kid coming in, and you talk about more undervalued guys. You have a kid coming in from Fairleigh Dickinson named Elijah Williams, who I, I know very well because my brother's done some workouts with him in the in the offseason. Can you tell me what kind of impact Elijah can make for you guys this year? Yeah, Elijah Williams is a guy we're bringing in as a grad transfer. He, he's a local Evanston product, uh, played at Evanston High School, you know, right in our backyard, had a great career, Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, over a thousand point score, really good year last year. He helped lead a team to the NCAA tournament uh, a couple years ago when they won their conference. And first and foremost, I just think he brings a winning mentality. You know, he was a big winner in high school. He's been a big winner at Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, you know, he brings winning habits into the gym and he's an older guy he's got a great personality he's a leader and i think he's got a skill set that we need uh he's he's a big body on the front line but he's actually very mobile he can put the ball on the floor he can step out make a three uh but i think he'll give us physicality depth experience on the front line that uh, i think it'll be a critical piece for us as, as especially as we get into the conference yeah coach uh Obviously, Elijah Williams is going to be a stud for you guys, but there's a there's a guy on your team who I'm absolutely in love with, and that's Boo Booey, uh, off the court and on the court. Tell me what he brings to this team. Yeah, I mean, Boo, Boo is our catalyst. Um, you know, I think it's no you know mistake if you look at it last year in particular in, in his sophomore year. You know, the games we won in the conference. You know, he usually played really well. You know, the, uh, those that three game stretch that I mentioned a little while ago, he was the Big Ten Player of the Week that week. He was, I think, National Player of the Week. You know, had a thirty point game against Michigan State, and um, he's got the he's got the ability to do those kind of things. You know, I think the next step for him now as a junior is to do that consistently. You know, that doesn't mean you have to get thirty every night, but can he be, you know, a top level point guard in the Big Ten night in and night out? Uh, and we believe that he can. And he's such a huge key to us because that position is so critical. You know, if you if you have a guy running the point um, that you're comfortable with the ball in his hands, you know what you're going to get um, leading your team. I think it gives you a, a really good chance to win when you go out there and play. Yeah, coach. We we mentioned kind of how tough it is to play in the Big Ten. This is more more general, but do you have a favorite place outside of your guys' own build, building that you like to play at? And, and what do you, in your opinion, is also the toughest place to play at in the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so hard to say one is better than the other. There's some places that are just, in my opinion, just great environments. I mean, obviously, some of the storied programs, a place like Indiana, you know, you go in there and you see the banners and the way Assembly Hall, it's an old building and it just gets really loud the way it's the way it's constructed when, when they get going. Michigan State's always been a tough place to play. Um, you know, a couple under the radar, I mean, everyone kind of knows about the big, uh, the big names, but a couple... 
under radar under the radar places that have become really good home courts. Uh, Rutgers, you know, the rack the last couple of years, what Coach Peichel's done there with their program, they've they've really turned the corner, have gotten really good, and they're it's become a tough place to play. It gets loud in there, and then uh, believe it or not, Nebraska, um, you know, the, Nebraska, they're they're fans, but they 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 come out every night, they sell out, it gets loud, um, and it's just an example, you know, maybe some places that haven't had the the records of the Indiana's, Michigan State's, Michigan's, Ohio State's, but it just, you know, wherever you go on the road, you know, those are really tough environments and uh, you got to be extremely tough. You got to be together as a group because, you know, you know, if you want to try to get a road win, it's not going to be easy in this league. Yeah, Coach, uh, that's a great point. Uh, One more thing uh, for you is that obviously coaching at a school like Northwestern, which is super hard pressed on academics, how tough is it to, to, to manage, you know, on the court stuff, while also in the classroom uh, as a coach. Yeah, I mean, I think with our guys, we we try to do the best we can in terms of uh, time management for them. I mean, uh, being at a place, a big reason why they came here is because they wanted the combination. You know, they wanted to play Big Ten basketball and, and and compete at the highest level, but but also understand being at a top ten school, you know, university with with what that degree means. So, you know, we try to do our best with our guys where where they can spend as much time as they can working on their games, working on their bodies, doing the things necessary to play in the Big Ten while still, you know, taking care of their school, you know, taking care of their classes. And and uh, we have great academic advisors that, that really help our guys out and, and help them with their schedules. And and so, you know, for us, we we want them to do well in school, but but we also want them to exceed as basketball players because if, if, if we're going to do what we want to do on the court, you know, and against the people we have to compete against, we, we need high-level players. And so, um, you know, we've tried to manage that the best we can have been really proud of, of our guys, you know, the way they've been able to be successful on the court, but also how they've taken care of their schoolwork as well. All right, Coach, I think I have one more question for you. Um, you were obviously at Duke before get, getting the head coaching job at Northwestern. Uh, with it being Coach K's final year at all, what's it like to coach with the greatest college basketball coach of all time? Oh, I mean, I, I pinch myself, you know, all the time, not only coach with them, but play for them. You know, I mean, so 17 years of my life, I uh, was around Coach K, four as a player, 13 as an assistant coach. So, um, you know, he's like a second father to me. You know, so many of the things that, that I've been able to do in my life in basketball, whether it be an assistant on the USA national team for eight years and be a part of two gold medal winning teams or the national championships at Duke or, you know, helping me be in a position to be a Big Ten head coach, you know, in, in my 30s. It's all because of my relationship with him and, and what he's helped me with and the mentorship. And um, it's bittersweet for me because I know how much he loves to coach. I know how how the game has been with having him in college basketball. And it's going to be sad not having him around anymore. Um, but hopefully maybe I can then get him to come help me out a little bit, get up to Chicago a little more, back to his hometown. But uh, I'm going to try to enjoy this year as a fan just like everybody else has i'm gonna you know try to enjoy those moments watching him kind of coach this last year and uh i know i'm biased but you know it's going to be hard pressed for us to ever see anybody be able to achieve the things that he did on the college level and the way he did it you know the integrity the leadership his his relationships with his players um you know just so proud of him and his family and um, excited for him this year to, to hopefully have a great year and, and go out on top 
Coach, I just want to thank you again so much for do doing this with us. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on. Oh, all the best, guys. Happy to, happy to be on the show. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, Coach. Thank you. All right, that was Northwestern basketball coach Chris Collins. Northwestern will open their season November 9th, like a lot of other teams in college basketball, with Eastern Illinois at Welsh mm -hmm. Ryan Arena. They'll open Big Ten play December 5th at, Mar at Maryland. Once again, that was Northwestern head basketball coach Chris Collins. I think we're going to go to break now, David. Yep. Right before our second interview, when we come back, we will have Illinois assistant to the head coach, Zach Hammer, for you. Stay tuned, guys. Beep. You reached KCLU. Please leave a message. Thank you. I am from Drum Heller, Canada. Uh, I took part in recording a funny song, a parody of Tom Jones' song, Delilah. Uh, it's funny because it's about a bowl of pasta. It's called lasagna. I'm wondering if I could send you an MP3 of it. Um, could you please get back to me? My number is called Make sure to start your week off right by listening to General Emission on KCOU 88.1 FM from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Monday morning. I think he's wrong, though. You're, it's a you're heartless agreeing move. and disagreeing There's, on the same topic. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing that it wasn't a smart move. I'm just not disagreeing with Anthony Davis's dad either. Once again, that's General Admission from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM for the latest updates from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. Hey, Mizzou fans, did you know that research at the Wellness Resource Center indicates that two out of three MU students reported consuming zero to four alcoholic drinks during tailgating? This is why Mizzou has the best fans in America. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. La, la, yeah. la, la, wait till I give my money right. Oh. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. Oh. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man. Welcome back. You are listening to Marathon to March. This is KCOU 88.1 FM. We just spoke to Coach Collins at Northwestern. Now we have Zach Hamer on the phone. He is the assistant to the head coach at Illinois. Zach, how are you doing today? Jonathan, doing great. Can't complain. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us. Um, I want to get started right away talking about your team. The first thing I want to really ask you is you got a lot of returning talent at Illinois, specifically in the, fr in the front court with Kofi Coburn. He flashed his potential as a freshman, then became a star as a sophomore. I personally think he still has a ton of room to grow as a player, but how do you think Kofi's progressed this offseason, and what kind of impact can he make on a national level for you guys this year? Yeah, you know, I think I think there's so much talk about about areas of improvement for Kofi, and that's valid, especially for his, for his NBA draft stock. But the biggest thing that we've told him is just continue to be, continue to be the most dominant player in the country. Um, you know, there's no one better within six feet of the basket than Kofi Coburn, and we'd be foolish to 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 not take great advantage of that. Um, of course, he's gonna, you know, he's added some perimeter skills in terms of ball handling and passing and executing dribble handoffs. Um, that, are, that are things that we can take advantage of for sure. But our, our excitement with, with with Kofi is isn't that 
he, he's a weapon down there in, in, in that lower box, and, and he's he's just, you know, his touch has gotten better. He's gotten better at passing the ball out of the post. Uh, so his improvement has been staggering, and we, we expect him to continue to be the most dominant player in the country. Yeah, another guy I want to talk about, Coach, uh, is you lost uh, uh, one of the best players in college basketball last year in Adesumu. Luckily, you guys have a couple of great guards in Andre Curbelo and Trent Frazier. Uh, do you expect Curbelo to replace Dosumo, or is it going to be more of a uh, a conjoint effort at the guard position? Yeah, yeah, there's no replacing what Io did for us and meant to this program. Um, I mean, he's a guy who came here when when things were down, um, when he had no reason to believe in, in Coach Underwood and what he was selling. Um, but but he came in and did an admirable job of, of leading the program. So we're just just his impact on our culture. Um, and, and the way that we go about our, our everyday guys in terms of working every single day and, and striving to be the best we can be every day. I mean, that's where, that's where IO's um, contributions certainly can't be overlooked, but, you know, on the court, um, those, those two guys that you mentioned certainly are going to have a huge responsibility of um, handling the ball and making decisions and being great playmakers. And we're, we're really excited about, what they can do. I mean, Curbelo, I think he's known around the country for his, for his passing ability, but I, I think that his scoring ability is extremely underappreciated and undervalued. Um, and in, in Trent Frazier, I think you're looking at possibly the most underrated player in college basketball. Um, I mean, he's the best defender, best defensive guard in the big 10. Um, and it is one of, has, has shown his worth as, as a shooter and, you know, as improving as a playmaker. So we're, we're excited about what those two guys can bring in, uh, in, in replacing some of that production that I'll, that I'll left behind. Yeah, Zach, one of the things you really coach Underwood and you guys have done so well the last couple of years is kind of adjusted to this transfer portal in college basketball. Now you have a guy in Austin, Austin Hutcherson who he, no one really knows about, I feel like. He sat out in 2019-2020 because of NCAA eligibility rules and then had a, a back, or sorry, 2018-19, and then had a back injury last, last year. How big of a difference maker could he be for you guys coming from the non-Division One ranks? Yeah, uh, Hutch is a, a Division Three transfer from, from Wesleyan University out, out east. Um, he, he's a super, super athlete, um, you know, has the highest vertical on our team. Um, he going he going to come up and he's gonna he'll, he'll have a few sports center top ten dunks this year. He kind of one of those athletes and he, he's a really good shooter. Um, for him, it's just continuing to adjust to the speed of the game and um, getting his legs back under him after obviously having not played in, in, in two years. He's a guy who we know can help us um, become a great great team. Can be a, a versatile defender and, and is a is a great piece. Um, you know, a great piece for us. We're, we're excited about Hush. Uh, real quick, Coach, uh, last year, unfortunately, Illinois suffered a tough defeat against uh, Loyola Chicago in the second round. Is there a bit of a sour taste in the mouth of the, the team? Uh, you guys are just hungry to get back out there again? Yeah, you know, we're, we're excited to, to be able to, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say put that game behind us because that's something that, that we want our guys to remember is that feeling in the locker room after that game and, and the disappointment um, that the, the, that that was caused, um, and, and that feeling in the locker room. Um, but no, we're, we're eager to to move forward and and kind of see what um, you know, see see what this group can do. Um, I think we have a really really talented, really deep group. 
um, they can do some special things. Yeah, Zach, so you worked as a scout for the Lakers, and you've been a video coordinator in the WNBA as well, and as well as at Illinois. So with that being said, who, who do you think some of the teams are that are really tough to prepare for in the Big Ten and really tough to scout? No, that's a great question, and I think that um, the Big Ten is, is such an incredibly well-coached league, and you see so many different different styles across the board, whether that's um, Nebraska running you know, a super high-tempo offense or uh, Maryland last year really run playing five guards. Um, you know, Northwestern historically has run some really, really great offensive actions, and Tom Izzo and Matt Painter each of about 350 different offensive sets that we have to, to prepare for. So I think saying who's the toughest the toughest team to prepare for, man, that's like, that's an impossible one for me to answer. I'm sorry. All good, all good. No, they, they, all, they, all, they all feel like every game feels like it's about 10 games, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it, it seems like that with how many tournament teams this conference gets every year. No question. Uh, you know, another thing, Coach, as well, uh, you guys won the Big Ten tournament last year. Congratulations once again. And is there a certain target on the back of, of the team? You know, like these are the top dogs of the conference, or do you just have to maintain that, that underdog mentality? No, we, we, we embrace it. Um, you know, winning the, the, the Big Ten uh, conference tournament and winning the most most games in the Big Ten last year and having the, having the most Big Ten wins over the last two years has certainly put us in that conversation of being the hunted. Um, you know, it's just imperative that we maintain our edge every single day. Um, and, and, you know, it's our job as coaches to, to challenge our guys and, and push to, to get the best out of them every single day, whether we're, we are the hunted or the hunter. Um, you know, our, our mentality doesn't change, and that's to, to continue to improve every day and, and you know, and, and continue to chase our internal season goals. Yeah, I want to transition back to your team real quick before we almost wrap this up. You guys have a couple guys this year, and Alfonso Plummer and Omar Payne, who you got through the transfer portal. Plummer, I've heard specifically, is going to make a huge impact for you guys. But how specifically do you think that the transfer portal is kind of changing college basketball? Um, no, it's it's a that's that's a good question, and, and I think that for us, we, we use the the transfer portal to, to target um, specific needs and, and holes in our roster. I think I almost liken it to NBA free agency. Um, where you know, you know usually by March or April what your roster is going to look like and what you have coming back and what roles guys can slot into. And so you have to really take a step back and evaluate your roster and, and see what holes you may have. Um, for us, we, we saw perimeter shooting as a as a whole last year, so we went out and got who we thought was the, the best shooter in the transfer portal and Alfonso Plummer, a guy who shot... 40% for his career on super high volume has made 11 threes in a game. Um, just an explosive, explosive shooter. And then, and then we needed, you know, there was obviously a ton of uncertainty um, around Kofi, and we needed to improve our front court depth. So we targeted Omar Payne out of Florida, and, and we're, we're lucky enough to get him to um, to join our program. We're, we're so. Long, long story short, I definitely think it, it changes how you have to construct your roster, but it allows you to put together a team every year that that really fits coach i got one, one more thing for you for for you sure. before we wrap this up so you guys last year at the start of the season suffered a tough loss to, to mizzou the school the school that we're obviously at and it was unfortunately for you guys the, the second loss in, in two years to them 
how, how motivated do you think your guys are going to be for for this for this game against Mizzou this year? Yeah, I mean we've lost we've lost three in a row to Missouri. Um, so you know Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams each won one um, their fresh, freshman year in the bragging rights game, which um, to any non-Illinois or Missouri people um, is probably one of the most underrated rivalry games um, in the country. I had to beg my SID for permission to go on your show at a. At, at, at Mizzou, um, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. But, but it's, it's a great rivalry, and, and, and it's certainly, you know, that, that that's a loss that helped um, forge our identity, and was probably a good thing for us in the long run last year. But, but it's, it's not something that we're looking to let happen again, like happen again. And we're excited to do a, to get that game back in, in St. Louis right before Christmas time. Zach, can't thank you enough for coming on and doing this with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Have a good rest of your day. Yep, you too. All right, you heard him. That was Zach Hamer, the assistant to the head coach at the University of Illinois. Illinois will open up on November 9th, like everyone Much else like does, everyone against else. Jackson State at home. They'll get the Gavit game started at Marquette the following week. Should be a fun Illinois team to watch this year, David. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, and our Big Ten preview. Now it's a time for me and Liddy to break stuff down, but real quick, we're going to take another break. When you come back, me and Liddy go into the Big Ten, who we got, who's winning it, all conference teams, all that good stuff. Listen to KCU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year illegally. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor with a desire to preserve living space for wildlife. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust does just that works with private landowners to protect wildlife to preserve natural habitats. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I love Matt I love Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Here at KCOU 88.1 FM, we also love Matt Damon. I, I love Matt Damon. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. You're listening to KCOU Columbia, 88.1 FM. Welcome back. back, folks. Marathon to March, KCOU 88.1 FM. You just heard Coach Chris Collins of Northwestern, Coach Zach Hammer of Illinois, break down their teams with us for the 21-22 season as part of the Big Ten preview. But now it's time for David and I to do a little breaking down of our own. My water still smells like apples, Liddy. Is this the point where you're going to bring up the onions? No. Ah! 
onions. No. Um, well, my water does smell like apples. I just want to say that right now. But, yeah, that's our time to talk. We let Coach Collins and, and Coach Amer. Great. Thank you guys so much for being on once again. I can't thank you guys enough. Um, but now it's time for me and Liddy to break down our Big Ten preview. We're going to go a little bit over 2 o'clock today, so you guys can hear us a bit, a bit longer. Congratulations to all the listeners out there. I know you guys really like the sound of my voice. So uh, let's do it. Number 14. Yeah, number fourteen. Well, let's 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 just talk with this team a little bit. David, you take this one. We're gonna go fourteen to one as always. This team is not my fourteen because I just I just can't <laughs> I just can't put them there. Um, it's the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They are really really bad this year, <laughs> if we're being completely honest. Um, Rich Pino's fired, which is a positive. Um, Minnesota brings in former assistant coach Ben Johnson, who you know is responsible for responsible for bringing uh, in. A lot of key guys, uh, whether it's Daniel Oturu, um or Gabe Kalsher or uh, Amir Coffey, all those guys Ben Johnson originally recruited or wanted to come here um, was one of the main guys. It was him and Patino coming out there and getting all those guys. And, um, you know, um, I, th- I think in the future he'll get a lot of good recruits. I know that Minnesota is getting some good recruits for 2022, 2023, really trying to, I mean, like, I don't know if you heard it later, but a couple of weeks ago, Weeks, three weeks ago, maybe at this point, uh, a lot of Minnesota Hoopers, whether it was Jalen Suggs, Tyrell Terry, Matthew Hurt, yeah, all, all came out. Said. Like I really, I really, I wish I could come come home and play for my team. Which, by the way, is some cap. I just want to say that right now. Like we would have loved to have you. Patino could offer you, and you could have come. Jalen Suggs, one thing's serious though. But anyway, um, so I think Ben Johnson's really going to put a emphasis on recruiting inside Minnesota. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this year is not his year. There are some. A lot of transfers, and what I mean, a lot of transfers, literally an entire new roster. <laughs> there are two returning players, and, and one of them's out for the year. And that's Isaiah Enan, who is going to be a, a beast, the 6'9 forward from Germany. Um, he was going to be, hopefully, uh, one of the starters for this team. Unfortunately, out for the year with an injury. Um, someone who's always been dealt with injuries, Eric Curry, who's gone back for what feels like his eighth season of college basketball. He's been hurt a lot, um, sat out a lot. But he is back. And he will be in the starting lineup as well. The only returning player from the Gophers last year. However, we do get some, some, uh, some backcourt depth that we really needed. Peyton Willis um, played with the Gophers two years ago, three years ago. Took a year and went to Charleston, and now is back in Minnesota. So, um, yeah, I, I think this team is is going to be wild to watch. Probably not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, they only have three players above the height of six nine. <laughs> Which actually pulling a little Chris Holtman yeah, I see. Six <laughs> nine Eric Curry, six nine Charlie Daniels, and then six eleven Trayton Thompson, who's a freshman that I, I really, really want to look for them. He's a good player. Trayton Thompson's a good a, a strong guy. Um really good player he is. But the backcourt is what makes this team strong, whether it's Luke Louie or Jim, uh, Peyton Peyton Wilson. Of course, I think the biggest guy in this offense is Jamison Battle. Jamison Battle who should have gone to Minnesota earlier. Like this guy was a D one player. He played with Tyrell Terry at De La Salle. Okay. And um like he's a player who, who should have gone D one. The Gophers should have. I think I think George George Washington isn't that D one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. He they're, should have gone like the. Uh, they're in the A ten. Like Minnesota should recruit this guy. Minnesota should recruit this guy. I don't know for for some reason Patino didn't, and like this was a guy who should have been at Minnesota anyway. Really good player, really good shooter. So I'm excited to see what he does. But other than that, this team is just not great this year, John. Yeah, no. I think the important thing this year for Ben Johnson is just showing these guys there's a reason to come to Minnesota. Minnesota, I feel like is. Probably the most underrated state when it comes to recruiting talent. Yes, like you'd uh, think by far. Jalen Suggs, Matthew Hurt, um, Tyrell Ty- Terry, Kerwin Walton. Zeke Naji's in the, the NBA right the, now. The, the, the Coffee, list goes on and on. Daniel Oturu. So I think Ben Johnson getting in-state guys is really important. I think 
This is going to be a growing pains year for Minnesota. Sheamus and Battle should, could, could be good for them. Yeah, he will be good for it's them. Like, there are some positive signs. We're, we're going to run the offense through Sheamus and Battle. So, so. This will be the worst team of the Big Ten, unfortunately, for you, David. I have at 13. I have it's, a different team at 14. So I'm going to guess 13 you have. Well, Minnesota. 13 I have Minnesota. Or sorry, okay. 14. So who do you have at 14? 14 I have Penn State. Okay, I have Penn State at 13. So, so perfect. We'll switch them around. Um, Micah Shrewsbury is a good coach. They're still kind of recovering from two years ago. When their coach just retired unexpectedly. Yeah, no, that was weird. Um, I'm blanking on the coach's Why? name. Why? I, I am too. Name right now, but um, I know what he looks like. I can envision him. Keep, keep talking. He looks like remember. Mick Cronin. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> anyway, um, um, Penn State. Uh, they're they're always a team that's kind of on the out outside looking in. Um, they lose a, a really big, a couple of honestly, a, a ton of transfers. And Myron Jones. Jamari Wheeler and then Isaiah Brockington. So you gotta replace both that backcourt. They run some transfers who I don't think either of them are that great, whether it's Jalen Pickett or Jaheim Cornwall. Luckily, um, there's a lot of veteran leadership on this team. They're starting five. Four of them are seniors, mm-hmm. two of them being redshirt, that a junior, and Seth Lundy, who's really good. Um, and Lundy will probably be their best scorer. Yeah. Seth Lundy is at the four, will be one of the best <laughs> players. And you also have John Harar, who's a good big for them, averaged 9-9 nine and nine last year. Mm-hmm. So he had some great games last year. He had year. some really good games. And Miles Dredd is, is also a heck of a talent, I think. So um, this team is, is, is okay. Nothing spectacular, I'd say. Yeah, no, I know... You have your, your feelings about Penn State, David, but this is a Penn State team that it kind of feels like they got robbed a couple year, years ago. They had their best team in a in a while with Lamar Stevens and a lot of the guys. David's giving me a dirty look right now because he hates Lamar Stevens, but they had a good team and they were probably going to be a 5 6 seed in the NCAA tournament. They had some nice win, wins that year under Pat Chambers, who I just remembered his name. That's who it is. Um, yes. He was a really good coach. They kind of just got hit in the head with this co with the whole pandemic. Never really got their shot, and now Michael Shrewsbury, coming from the Matt Painter tree, is going to have his chance to build this program. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Penn State will grow, but as of this year, they're not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, recruiting the New York area, the Northeast area, is going to be important for Michael Shrewsbury. Let's move to my number 12 in the Big Ten. And, David, I hate to say it, like we get, we get past the first, the bottom two teams. Number 12 is like, Dangerous territory, like they could upset some teams this year. At yeah, least for I sure. feel at least I feel that way yeah. about the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I agree. Head coach um, Fred Hoybaum. Yeah. I hate that guy. I, I know you do because he's the former Bulls former coach. Former Bulls but, coach. I have nothing against Fred Hoiberg. He's actually a really good guy, so I'm not gonna hate no, him. No, but, but yeah. Nebraska's got some sneaky good players this year. They really year, do. And I think Hoiberg has done a good job. I think the most listen, everyone's gonna look at Alonzo Verge coming from Arizona State, coming from Bobby Hurley's program, he can score. We know that. He's kind of wild. We'll see if Hoiberg can get him to tone it down. And then the other guy everyone's going to look at is Trey McGowan's. But the guy I like really like for this team is his brother, Bryce McGowan, who I believe is a borderline 5 four star coming in as a freshman. He could really make an impact for this, he's this a, he's, team. He's a five-star on 247. Yeah, he, I think he can be really good for this team. Yeah. And I think... Nebraska is going to upset some t- some teams this year in the in the Big Ten. I don't think yeah. they're a tournament team. I think they're still a long shot for, to make the NCAA tournament, even to get on the bubble. But could we just spoke to Coach Collins, who said Nebraska is not an easy place to play, and they yeah. got some guys this year. They do. Um, you know, Fred Hoiberg's kind of doing something there in Nebraska, doing something in Lincoln. He has um, the and I third, don't like it. No, he has the third best class in the Big Ten this mm-hmm. year. Nebraska, the basketball team. 
And I mean, like, we've seen disappointment on the football field with Scott Frost. And, like, this team should have no expectations this year. And they might surprise some folks, whether with McGowan's or, of course, Alonzo Verge. I think a player's going to get a big leap this year is Latin Man. Hmm. I think he's a really good player, good length. Um, I think he could be, totally be a guy for them. Another guy to mention is Kobe Webster. I don't think they make the bubble even, so I don't think they're getting in. But I think they're a really solid squad. I, I think that they – you're right. I think they could upset – like when Michigan State has to go there or, or when – if if Purdue is going to Nebraska on a cold, wet December afternoon, they're not winning. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I mean, about you. But who are you texting right now, John? Coach Hamer. Oh, bad. He just. I'll, I'll I'll tell you guys this. He he was kind of making fun of me for uh, asking him about the Loyola and Mizzou games. He's like he he had to re, he's like we had to, I really got to make me relive those. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> yeah. but he he thanked us for having him on. It was, yeah. it was a really fun interview. Um, but. Back to Nebraska. If you're Fred Hoiberg this year, how are you not going to that locker room every day telling your team, no one has expectations for us? Yeah. Just go play. Just go like have the, fun. Like, this, this is a team I could see that plays so loose yeah. and could, could really surprise some people. They're an underrated squad. I have them missing because I think there are better teams in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this team could surprise some folks this year. All right. I know you and I are going to differ on, on number yes. 11. Um, I have... Let's, let's talk about your number 11 first. Well, my number 11 is Northwestern. I um, We just talked about them a lot. I think they're okay. I just don't think they have the star power that a lot of the other teams have ahead of them. You know, that's a fair criticism. Yeah. Like, I think they have really good players in, in Boo Booey, Chase Audige, Pete Nance, <laughs> and then Elijah Williams as well, mm-hmm. who we mentioned um, when we're talking to Chris. But this, there's, there's, a, there's too much, I think, star power ahead of them, whether it's like returning guards. I, I mean, the two teams ahead of them we'll get to, but they both have – Senior guards who are, I think, better than Bubui and you know and Chase Adij. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't hate Iowa. I, sorry, Iowa. I don't. <laughs> I do hate Iowa. I don't hate Northwestern. <laughs> um, they're a bubble team. I think. I think they could totally mm-hmm. like, make that stretch for the bubble. I know you really like them. Yeah, uh, I but, do. Uh, who do you have at eleven? Uh, I have a team at eleven that lost a lot of production last year, but I still think should be okay. I don't have. I have nine teams from this conference making the tournament. So, yeah. just, so I ten, have and 10, 10, 11 just missed for me. I have seven for sure, and then there's like four teams on the ball. <laughs> um, but no, I think there's a team. This team, number eleven, they they lost a ton, and it's just gonna hurt them. That's that's Iowa. Yeah, I think they're gonna have some players take a step forward, specifically Keegan Murray, who was really good as a freshman last year. Never really got that opportunity playing behind Garza. Um, but other than that, like Bohannon's gonna have to score a lot for them to be good. Yeah. And I, I question if they're gonna be able to defend. Yeah. But like their best two defenders last year were Wieskamp and Frederick. Yeah. And both of them are gone. That, who's so, the guy that can defend but can't score for them? McCaffrey. Uh Con- Connor McCaffrey. Yeah. The I think he's the he's the older one. Patrick's yeah. Patrick's the younger one. Patrick will come off the bench for them. Yeah. He's got some nice but Patrick McCaffrey has some nice potential, but I think this like this team is a borderline NCAA tournament team at best, and mm. when it comes down to it, I think without Garza, without Wieskamp, without Frederick, Fran McCaffrey's going to lose this team more games in the Big Ten than he wins them. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I'm kidding now. Uh, Fran McCaffrey is a is an iffy coach. If we're if we're being completely honest, mm-hmm. I think Fran McCaffrey um, is definitely under scrutiny there. He, the, a lot of people are looking at him. Can he be the guy? Can he? Can he be a coach like a a, a coach who 
brings his team up. I don't think he can. I have them at 10, so it's not too far away. I have them at 10. I think that Bohannon's really good. That's why I said I think Jordan Bohannon is just a better senior guard than, than Boo Booey. I think um, uh, they have a couple other guys you didn't mention. Philip Rabraka from uh, North Dakota, I think it is. Mm-hmm. He played the Gophers last year and had a really good game. He's not going to be Luka Garza. No one is going to be Luka Garza. But if he can just be a, a big for them who can get, get rebounds, he's, you know, and get some putbacks, he could be a guy. Another guy I want to mention is Joe Toussaint. Yeah, Joe Toussaint is a guy who had a really good freshman year for, for Iowa when Jordan Bohannon was out for the year. He's going to get the opportunity to start again and play, and play point guard. Mm-hmm. And he had some really good games for, for them his freshman year. He did. Took and, a bit of a step back last year. Mm-hmm. But, like, he had a limited role last, yeah. last year with Bohannon coming back. So, honestly, like, I would give Toussaint the point guard duties and play Bohannon on a wing if it, um, if it were me. Um, it's obviously not my decision. Yeah. But I think Toussaint could have a really good year for them. Yeah, I think Joe Toussaint's a player. Um, but I have Iowa 10, so who's your number 10? Um, My number 10 is the Wisconsin Badgers. Okay. Um, Let's talk about Wisconsin for, for a minute. Yeah. They lose Demetrius Trice. They do. They lose Aleem Ford. They do. They lose Micah Potter. They lose Nate Reavers. Lose some players. They lose some talent, and they lose scoring. I look at this team, and outside of Johnny Davis, who I think is going to have a really good year. I love Jonathan Davis. Um, Who's going to score for this team? And mm-hmm. who's going to score off the bench? Yeah. This Like, I know Ben Carlson's a Minnesota kid, and you and you so, like him. So is Stephen Crowell. Um. But those two are very unproven. They got very limited minutes last year. I'm sorry. I just don't see Brad Davison as your, uh, the second-best scorer on a tournament team. Yeah, no, I, I don't think this team makes the tournament. Um, they are eight for me just because I think the overall depth in the front court is super strong with, with Tyler Wall, who's awesome. I love Tyler Wall. <laughs> Obviously, another Minnesota guy. Mm-hmm. He should score for them a little. This Chris year. Vogt is a transfer from Cincinnati, who I don't know anything about. I don't know a single thing about that guy. No. And then it's... off the back court, I'm sorry, in the front court, they have Ben Carlson and Stephen Crowell, two Minnesota guys. Ben Carlson um, played with Kendall Brown for a little bit at Eastridge High School, high school, and Stephen Crowell was an East View guy. So I think they're solid. I watched them play. Um, Hopkins beat Ben Carlson and Eastridge in the and, and then sorry in the state tournament two years ago. Um, and I think Ben Carlson's a really good, really good guard. I sorry, guard, really good, big power forward for them. And I really, I do trust enough in their front court where, you know, they're not going to have one guy to stop a Kofi or a Hunter Dickinson or a Travion Williams. But they have like four different dudes they can cycle in and out who I, I think are all very, very good. So I know Wisconsin. I listen. I know some Wisconsin people, and I follow um, the Wisconsin writer. I think for USA Today on on Twitter because. I know him from previous stuff. They're, they really like this kid, Chucky Hepburn, their, their point guard. I don't know much about um, him. He's a he's a three star. And let's say this: I had, I had a conversation with a guy who I'm friends with, who he knows college basketball over the summer. Once you get past your five stars, for your freshman point guards, Andre Curbelo's freshman season is like as good as you're gonna get yeah. for a freshman point guard. It's really hard to be a freshman point point guard. Um, in college basketball, it, is. It, it it really is. So you saw we've seen so many people struggle with that. If Wisconsin's going to expect a lot out of a three-star point guard, who granted they like, but if they're going to expect a lot out of three out of a three-star point guard, it c- could be a rough season for them. I agree. Um, so I have Wisconsin at eight. I'm at eight, which I haven't. I mean, like I all these teams of Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, who you have at nine, right? 
Yes. And then the team like I think like these these teams are in a tier of Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, and then the fourth team being Rutgers. They could have this this conference could have four or five bubble teams. Yeah, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um so your nine is Northwestern. Talk about them a little bit. Let's go to number eight, Rutgers. Okay. I have Rutgers at nine. Um but after after number eight, we'll go to break. But okay. let's talk about Rutgers. I have them a little higher than you, but I mean one spot. Mm-hmm. You have them at what eight? I have I have Rutgers at seven. You have them above Michigan State? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, go ahead. I kind I kind of like that too. About Rutgers, anyway, you want me to talk? Let's talk Rutgers. Okay. Um, they're, I like they're Rutgers. good. They should they should win a lot of home games. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, three man weave has them at ten. I think in their in their preseason ranking. I don't get it. Yeah, it's way they too They return low. Harper. They return Baker. They return. That's it though. They return McConnell. They return Amurier. They return Mulcahy. They lose three really big players. They do, but like. They return a lot of talent. They lose Jacob Young. Who's at Oregon. Miles Johnson. Who's at UCLA and Mathis Ma- is at St. John's. But, like, they did a decent job replacing them. They, uh, I, I'm worried about their front court. They have Clifford okay, o- Omer, Omerui. Yeah, Clifford Omerui. I don't really know who that is. I, I think it's Cliff. They call him Cliff Omerui. I'll call him Big Cliff. Um, I'm worried about their front court. I'm just a little worried that, that he can be that big. And, like, the Big Ten. He was a highly recruited kid. The Big Ten, no pun intended, is a big conference. You know, with a lot with with Dickinson, with Kofi, with, with Trayvon Williams, <laughs> with everyone who has big. Everyone has good big. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rutgers has that. However, though, they have two of the best players in the country. I think in Ron Harper and Joe Baker. I yeah, think, I think those two are, should be should be a great duo. I Ron Harper is one of the best players in the country. I, I'm totally okay. He's a, he is the he's not a sleeper pick, but he's kind of a sleeper pick for Player of the Year. Okay, we're we're gonna go through conference teams later. I, I noticed this last night. You do your first team, and like obviously your first team is better than your second team. Yeah. But if you matched up the first team in this conference with the second team in the conference, it'd be a pretty good game. Yeah, it would like have a pretty good game. Like it, it would be a pretty good game. Like yeah. the, the second team players are not that far behind the no. first team players, and there are a lot of players on the second team that would be first team players in other conferences. Yeah, so, absolutely. Just just throwing that out there. Um, I agree. Any other team that you want to discuss before we go to break? No, other than you know, Rutgers, I think Steve Peichels was a good coach. They're a bubble team for me. I think that Pete Baker and Ron Harper can do so much. Geo Baker's also a guy who I if he does, I'll be very annoyed. If he's not angry about how, happened, how the season ended last year. I think they had Houston on the ropes. I know. They they should have been in the sweet sixteen. And yeah. Like if I'm being perfectly honest, like with the like the, with the way like they had Miles Johnson and the way they rebounded last year, like they could have beaten Syracuse too. Yeah. Like this 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 team should be out for revenge and yeah yeah I, th- I think they could have a good year. This is I think going to be very similar to 2019-20 Rutgers where they win a lot of games games at home and they they surprise some people. Yeah, I think this is uh that's also a team to watch for. We'll take another break. We'll get back, finish it up, wrap everything up, talk more Big 10 and I'm halfway done here for the uh, through the conference standings. So this is KCU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and our website, kcu.fm on the blue box. For almost two centuries, Americans have enjoyed the valuable privileges of freedom. Now, freedom needs each American to dedicate himself to its preservation. We must not allow our liberties to be endangered by neglect of our duties as citizens. During this year of rededication, 
Join with your fellow Americans in reaffirming the principles on which this country is founded and the safeguarding of those principles. Make it your business to see that federal, state, and local governments are conducted honestly. Help to maintain the good morale of your sons and daughters in the armed forces. Learn the facts about all candidates and issues. Then vote for the one you believe in. Make the most of every minute on your job. Produce as much as you can and thus increase our military and economic strength. Work for better schools and a better community. Guard your American heritage of freedom. It needs you. Hey, this is Tommy Wiseau, and you listen Columbia, KCOU 88.1 FM. Hopefully you have a groovy time. Welcome back. You are listening to Marathon to March on KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. We had to sneak uh, top floor in there. Uh, I'm Jonathan Litzkin alongside David Campbell. As always, we're moving into our second half of the Big Ten preview. We had our coach, two coaches come on earlier, two fantastic interviews mm-hmm. with Northwestern's Chris Collins and Illinois' Zach Hamer. We discussed kind of the bottom of the Big Ten, even though this league really never has a bottom. Um, but before we move into the second half, at the top half of the league, we're three weeks away from college basketball starting. That's 100% true. Three weeks from today is the Champions Classic. 24 days from today, UCLA-Villanova. 26 days from today, actually, I, think, I believe it's 25 days, is Texas-Gonzaga. Yeah. This sport is back The sport's soon. back, yeah. And I am so excited. I like... I'm going to be watching nonstop highlights from random games the next couple weeks. Yeah. Like, and I mentioned the Champions Classic. A team that will participate in the Champions Classic, hopefully it's the early game because they'll be in the worst game of the two, the unranked Michigan State Spartans. Yeah. Coached by Tom Izzo, arguably the best coach in the conference. David would have his argument about John Howard. I respectfully disagree. But... I would argue is has been the best coach in the conference for a little while now. And I'd argue that this is the lowest expectations Tom Izzo has had ever since I can remember. Yeah. And, you know, having low expectations could be a good thing because mm-hmm. you could use it as motivation. And Tom Izzo, we know he will use it as motivation. That's what he does best. But looking at this roster, it's bad. You can understand why the expectations are this low. This team is not great. I don't know why I had Rutgers for these guys. Listen. I, I, I'm changing my answer. Rutgers is seven. Okay. Michigan State's eight. Listen. Ant Wright is one of my favorite Twitter follows. He was a Michigan basketball player. He w- covers Michigan, Michigan State, and really the Big Ten as a whole. He said the other day, there, there's, a, like, there's a reason they're unranked, but the, the, this team's like ceiling is they can be a top three team in the Big Ten. 
And honestly, if you go back and watch what some of these guys did two years ago, you can understand why. Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, Malik Hall, all these guys had really good years two years ago. And as soon as Cassius Winston leaves, they go down the drain. Yeah. They bring in Tyson Walker from Northeastern, who I really like. Good player. I think he's going to be really good. They they return Joey Hauser, good player. who I still think he has room to grow. He, I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet. They bring in Max Christie, who will start for them, who good is player. a freshman from Rolling Meadows, Illinois. I have David. I'm not joking with you. I have done a scoreboard with this with this guy at a tournament. Nice. I I have sat next to him. I have seen him play countless times. Cool. Is he good? Yeah. He I think there's some there, there's some criticism about him from myself and others, which is fair. Um mm-hmm. cough cough. He never won a regional championship. Fair enough. At Rolling Meadows. There's a fraud. Which Okay, a little Illinois high school background. Sure. Rolling Meadows isn't a great basketball school. No. Max Christie's the best player in the history of their program. Okay. As a five-star usually is in a suburban school in Illinois. Mm -hmm. But, like, they they lost. They they didn't. I don't think he ever won a regional. He never won a regional. And, like, that. I think that says something. Even with. And they had some nice complimentary players around him. But they they never won a regional. Yeah. So, that's that's your Illinois high school uh, basketball background for the day. But, in all seriousness. (laughs) I have Michigan State eight in the Big Ten. I think they could be far above that, especially with Tom Izzo as a coach. But they have to prove it. This this team is an unproven roster right right now, mm-hmm. and like if Tyson Walker doesn't score for as like at the rate they need him to, this team could be in trouble. David, yeah. your thoughts? No, I, I I don't disagree with any of that. Um, real quick, three man weave. <laughs> Has one of them has Michigan State at twenty three? Let's calm down. They were twenty six in the AP poll, I believe. No, maybe they were twenty eight. They were either twenty six or twenty eight, but they were one of the top three teams receiving votes. Yeah, I I I think that Joey Hauser's a good player. I think Bingham's a good player. I think Gabe Bradley Call. All these guys can be good. However, they lose a lot. I don't even realize how much they lost this year. Um, Aaron Henry was a stud for them. Second team, all Big Ten. Um, I hate the guy, but Mark, Rocket Watts, good player. They were 9-0 last year when Josh he scored in double figures. Josh Langford and, and Thomas Kithier, also pieces, uh, Izzo pieces. And, of course, you can't forget about Foster Lawyer. Well, he breaks the table. <laughs> he, he's at Davidson now. Next Steph Curry, some are saying. I, I, I don't think anyone's saying that. <laughs> uh, but, no, this team's solid. I, I just, they're very mid. They're very mid. they're very unproven. Can Tyson Walker be a guy? You know, like ever since he left, everyone's trying to fill the void of Cassius because what the impact that he just made on that program. And I just don't know if anyone that can. So, yeah, real quick, we got a pause for station identification. This is KCOU eighty eight point one FM. We'll be back in ten seconds. This is Lorena Hollander from the Brazilian band Diaphanes, and you're listening to KCOU Colombia. Thank you for that. All right, um, we already talked about Rutgers. So let's move into the number six team, at least my number six team in the conference, Ohio State. Okay. 
This team. I, I also have them at six. This team. This team. I hate this team. Infuri- they infuriate me. <laughs> they infuriate. Me. We could talk about Ohio State for like an hour. And the fact that I was right about them last year, like, fuels me even more. Where's Ohio State in the AP poll? They're in there somewhere. They um, shouldn't be. I th- like okay. They, Rothstein, they Rothstein had them at twenty three, I think, which I think is like fair. All that's fair. All three men we've have them in the top fifteen. 10, 11, and 14. Blasphemy. Awful. Ugh. They're not good. They're not good. Like, compared to their expectation, they are. There'll be a tournament team, but they're, se- they're 17 to the eight yes, people. Yes, sorry. Um, They'll be like a second-round okay. team that could lose. They return EJ Liddell. Liddell. Great player. They get a great defensive player from Penn State and Jamari Wheeler. Great player. They return Justice Suing. They good return player. Kyle Young. Good player. Justin Aarons is a good shooter off the bench, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. They have no size again. They have no size. No size, and that's what's gonna kill. And that's gonna kill them. And their recruiting class is tenth in the Big Ten. It's worse than. It's almost worse than Minnesota. Like, they tried to take the tra- transfer portal route, and it really didn't work. They got Joey Brunk, a six eleven dude who 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 didn't even play for Indiana. I don't think much. Like Race Thompson and and Trace Jackson Davis were those guys in the front court. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. And you mentioned Jamari Wheeler, who's good. I like Jamari Wheeler. They have no size again. They just don't. And you can't... They're not going to win in this conference without size. And I love E.J. Liddell. He's a heck of a talent. But he's 6'8". Can, he can he guard Travion Williams? He's 6'8". Can he guard Trace Jackson he's Davis? He's just not great defensively either. You know. Can he guard Hunter Dixonson? No. Can he guard Kofi Coburn? No. He's 6'7", actually. Wow, he's really tiny. Yeah. Like... Uh, the tallest guy is Joey Brunk, 6'11". I just don't think he's that good. I just don't. Kyle Young's a Mickey Mouse glue guy. <laughs> Jeez. I think Zed Key's okay in the front court. Zed Key's solid. Seth Towns. I just... <laughs> I'm not a fan of this team. And they lose Dwayne Washington, CJ Walker, who, like, worked... CJ, neither one of them could defend, but both of them could score. Neither one were, were like, like I said, neither one of them were spectacular, but they lose both of them. That sucks. Um, this team will finish second to pick 10. I'm confident in that. Mm-hmm. I'm very confident in and, that. like... They could very easily finish behind Rutgers. They could very easily finish behind Michigan State. Mm. But the top five teams ahead of them, I think, are clear. Yeah. Clear better than them. David, I have, I have Indiana at five. No. I know you like them more than I do. I love Indiana this year. Um, I think they're good. I think Mike Woodson's looking like a good hire so far, even though he hasn't coached a game. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they, address the, they address needs very nicely. Dude, the team's really good. Xavier Johnson in from Pitt. Mm-hmm. Miller Cop from Northwestern. Yeah. They returned Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. Bring in Tamar, Tamar Bates. Bates, I think, is going to be a very stud. good player. Yeah. You don't have to start Rob Finnessy. Nope. You don't have to rely on big minutes from Christian Lander, who, remember, he's supposed to be a freshman this year. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rely on big minutes from Trey, um, Trey Galloway. And you get a good coach, finally. Parker Stewart averaged 19 last year at UT Martin. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be... Could be a sneaky elite eight team, David. You have a top ten player in the country, Trace Jackson Davis, mm-hmm. one of my favorite humans alive. Um, and I just love what he brings to the table because he he is so tough to guard. And they can score outside of him now, which with, is what their, which Johnson, was their problem. With Cop is a good shooter. Race Thompson is a guy who almost came to Minnesota from Minnesota. I don't know where from actually. I should know that, but um, almost came back this this off season. Ben Johnson almost brought him back, but he didn't. Um, stayed in Indiana, which is good for Indiana. I love that guy. Uh, this team's really strong, easily tournament team, sweet sixteen potential on the Hoosiers. I will say that right now. I think they're 
their upside is like Massive. elite eight. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I go that far. I don't know if, I don't know if they have the guards. We got to see how Xavier Johnson plays. You know I love Pittsburgh guards. Um, so, you know what I mean by that? Yeah, Marcus Carr. Yeah, Marcus Carr. Thank you. Um, a- any chance we get a chance? Any anytime we get a chance. So I'm Marcus guessing Carr. then your number five team is the Maryland Terrapins. The Maryland Terrapins are my number five team. Okay, I have them at four, which is fair. Um, let, let me explain what I think of Maryland this year. First of all, what? I like. Let's go. Okay. Um. Oh God. Um. Okay. Okay. Um. So, first of all, it, it seems like. You know how we have the phrase, it's a really tough year for the Mark Turgeon can't coach crew? Yes, we always it, say that. It seems like every year is a really tough year for the Mark Turgeon can't coach crew. I don't know if they're even there. Are they even a thing anymore? What are the weekly meetings? I, I don't know, but yeah. they, they've kind of lost hope. And honestly, a big reason is going to be their backcourt this year. Fats Russell in from Rhode Island alongside Eric Great Ayala. Yeah. That's, that's a dangerous backcourt. One of the best in the conference. And I think Eric Ayala is going to be a all-conference player. But like a sne- sneaky all-first-team player if he has another really good year. He averaged 15 a game for them yeah. last year. They have, then, they have a really good player in the front court. Average uh, double-digit points as a junior. Dante Scott. Yeah. Really strong. Mm-hmm. Really strong and piece then there. Al- al- him alongside the Georgetown transfer, Kudus Wahab, mm-hmm. could, could be really interesting. Maryland did a really good job addressing transfer the transfer portal this year. Yeah. and I don't, I, know, I don't know much about those guys at the bottom there. Pavlo Ziuba. Or uh, no, Simon the, Wright. The, uh, oh, I know Simon Wright. Simon Wright went to Hopkins. Did he actually? Yeah, he did. He said he said Maryland now. Wait, <laughs> what? No way. Simon Wright went to Hopkins. If it's the same Simon Wright, but yeah, how people Simon Wright? I mean, how many Simon Wrights do you know? Not a ton. He's not even on two four seven. Where is this guy? Okay, you talk. Okay. Um. Yeah, like I was saying, I think Maryland's going to be really good. I question some of their depth. They're going to need. Good minutes from Ian Martinez and Xavier Green off the bench, both tra- both transfers. Um, their their freshman class isn't great, but I think this team starting five could could be just as good as anyone else in this conference. I, I told you I have them at number number four in this conference. Hopkins, David, Minnesota, Simon Wright. David have, has them at number five. Okay, I want to talk about Simon <laughs> right now. This guy, I I we went to Elon, which I didn't even know. So he played. Um. He was a three-year starter at Hopkins but between 2014 and 2017. So that, that's a mirror. He played with a mirror. Um, they won state in 2016. A mirror's senior season, he won state in, uh, in 2016. Um, average 16-11. Yeah, yeah. Simon Wright, lefty shooter. Good player. I completely forgot about like him as a person. Um, Interesting. They also have another – you know who Ishmael Elamin is? The name sounds familiar. Elamin, so Khalid Elamin, his dad. Played for UConn and won a national championship, like 01, I think. So Ish is his, his son went to Ball State. I don't know where he goes now, but I'll look into that. But Simon Wright at Maryland, wow. The more you know, like he won't. There's no way this guy plays. He's just not that good. <laughs> but I like him, Simon Wright. Congratulations. Um, to the top three. To, to, to the top three. The top three. The clear top three. Has separated. whatever order you want. And I'll say this right now. This is probably the best top three oh, in, yes. in any conference in college. It's basketball. this or, or the, Big the Big 12 is close. The Big 12 is but, there. But this is probably the best top three. You have three legitimate top ten teams, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's debatable if, that any of these teams are not in the top ten. Yeah. Especially with what they return. David and I, think, I think, differ on number two and number three. We do. I think we have them flip-flop. 
So let's start talking about the Purdue Boilermakers. Let's let let's who who many people have at one in this conference. Yeah, three man okay. weave has them at one, and 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 Rossi, I'm pretty sure has Purdue ahead of Michigan in his 45. Okay, let, let's talk about Purdue for a sec. They return the most scoring, I think, of anyone in the country. Potentially. Like, their only loss was Aaron Wheeler. Who, like, cool. <laughs> cool. Who, decent player, but... Yeah. You return Eric Hunter. You return Jaden Ivey, who I think will be a stud this year. I mean, everyone's projecting that, so yes. He was really good last year. He was. As a freshman, so... You return Sasha Stefanovic for his 65th year in college basketball. Oh, my God. That man has been there since I was seven. I swear to you right now. I remember watching Purdue, Minnesota on a Sunday afternoon, and I saw a white shooter. Are you sure you're not it's thinking not Ryan, Ryan Klein. Klein? It's not Ryan Klein. They're the same person, though, but no. It's not Ryan Klein. Any, any, Dave, Dave, I have to ask you a question. Any mention of Ryan Klein, where does your mind go? And like making a shot or something. What's the, what's the first thing your mind thinks of? Like when him like hitting a three in like the tournament or something it's, like that? It's, it's not the Tennessee game in the Sweet 16. Yeah, did he like hit a three or something? He hit 31. You... Oh, yeah, that, that, that happened, I guess. Um, I don't know. That game was awesome, by the way. Can we just go back to that time? You know what? Only Rick Barnes could let, let Ryan <laughs> Clyde score 31 in a tournament game. It's like not Carson Edwards. Only Rick Barnes. Not, not anything bigs. <laughs> Ryan Klein. Unbelievable. Sasha Stefanovic was only a senior at that point, so, no, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, Mason Gillis at the four for them. They're small outside of outside of their two. two. Outside of one man who's 7'10". Well, Travion Williams is big, but they can't play those these two the two bigs together. No, which is an issue. So Travion Williams is going to be a first a, – Second team all conference player, I think. Debatably a a first team. Yeah. Debatably a first team like in the country. He could, could be. be an all he should be an all American. Should be all American. Um then you got Brandon Newman off the bench. You got Zach Ide, who's just a he should take a, a step forward. Yeah. Off the bench. And then Caleb first, I like as a as a freshman. I think he he could be a really solid player for them. I think the thing holding this team back is that they can't play Williams and yeah. um he did and he did at the same time because they would play like you remember old pa- Matt Painter teams. They would play Haas and Swanigan at the same time. Yeah, they had no problem doing that. Why can't he do that with Williams well, and Ida? Shoot, huh? Can Ida shoot? No. Can Williams shoot? No. Swanigan could really couldn't shoot. Yeah, but you can't have two Haas guys. could a little though. I you guess. can't have two guys who just literally can't go past twenty feet. Sure, you, know you can. Mean? Yeah, but in the new era just of Trayvon basketball, could put them on the floor. So, I, like, I okay. Well, they just like get into this way. That's the, the issue. Bold, bold prediction for for Purdue, real quick. Mid mid season, they're they're playing well, but they but it feels like it's very clear that they can't that they there's a, another level of Purdue. Hmm. Matt Painter tries playing Ide and Williams at the same time, and it kind of kind of works, but. And elevates them a little bit, but not enough to like win a national championship or anything. But I think that okay. Basically, my bold prediction is Matt Painter will try playing Williams and E. Oh, they're going to at, at some point. At some point, you together. have to. At some at point, some point. He, the, he yeah. will he will look at those two and say, "How can I not at least try this?" Here's the only issue that I have with Purdue. Not an issue, really. It's just a, a question. Are we hyping this team up too much? I think other people are. People are. People are having him in the top ten. I mean, like he's, they're probably borderline top ten team for me. I mean, you, you at, have him at three in the Big Ten, which I think is, I mean, two or three, either one is fair. <coughs> excuse, excuse me. I think that. I, I don't know. I, I think that Purdue 
is really good. Obviously, you have the name recognition. You're, you're here's what I'm worried about though. You're expecting guys like Brandon Newman, Zachy Day, and Jaden Ivey to all break out and be stars. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't always happen that way. Matt Painter does a really good job at developing. He does, and I and I think that it will happen, but it doesn't always happen. You can't expect Jaden Ivey to be a top ten guard in the country. If I had to bank on one of those three guys developing, it would be Ivy. Ivy, one hundred percent. He's a stud. He's a stud. And then I think Zachy Day is really, really good, but he has some flaws there. in his game that will take till his senior year to get right. You can't just rely on your height to be that team. You know that, Listen, that guy. Isaac Haas was really good. Matt Harms never got there. He yeah. transferred before he had a chance. Zachy Day, he's still getting there. Yeah. So, um, but like I think Purdue's a top ten team in the country. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're a top five team. Like, they have they have the final four potential, one hundred percent. So. Can Painter get there? That's the question. Yeah. And, like, honestly, like, if they get to the Final Four, like, Purdue fans deserve it. Like, they, they've, yeah. gone through, they've gone through so much. They've had so many talented teams. L- losing to Texas Tech in the Sweet, Sweet 16, then losing the next year in, in the Elite Eight to Virginia. Like, they, they've gone through it. Yeah. And, like, they kind of deserve it. Um, Let's talk Illinois a little, yeah. bit, a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, we kind of – we got the full breakdown of them already from, from Zach, but – like, they return Curbelo, they return Kofi, Trent Frazier's back, Devontae Williams is back, Grandison, and, like, if you if you asked me at any given moment, what team has the most sneaky group of transfers this year in the country? Could be Illinois. Could be. Alfonso Plummer, possibly the best shooter that Brad Underwood's ever had. Possibly. And I think Rothstein tweeted that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um... You, you you heard Zach even he mentioned it. Alfonso Alfa, Alfonso Plummer, we needed shooting. Alfonso Plummer's a guy that hit, that's hit 11 threes in a game before. Yeah. We needed depth in in the front court. They went out and got Omar Payne. Yeah. I think they did a really good job addressing their needs. They did a really needs. good job. The, wh- why we don't have them at number 1? They lost the second best player in the country from last year. And I'll just assume no. Yeah. Uh they also lost Adam Miller, a really good piece for them, and they lost their backup big Georgie Bishanasvili. Who's also a good player? Um, Omar Payne has has been good. Don't get me wrong. Omar Payne has has proven. Sorry, Omar Payne has shown he can be good. Has he proven anything? No, I don't think he's proven anything yet. I think one of Illinois' best things is their depth too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, listen, I've heard. I know you, these aren't going to be recognizable names because they're not five stars, but I've heard very good things about R.J. Melendez, Luke Good, and Brad. Podziemski. Uh, Pod, Podziemski, yeah. I've heard really good things about all three. Yeah. And I, I think, like, it's going to be tough finding minutes for them because, like, these are going like, to, they're, what, fifth and sixth guys off the bench? When you get in your rotation, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be, you're, you're stuck on that. And is there just too much pressure on Curbelo, Frazier, the guards? Maybe, maybe, who knows? There's not enough size. There's some questions, but none of these questions are, are, are that alarming. Like, currently, Jacob Granderson's at the four for them, you know? Which they did that last year, and it worked, but, like... They did. You never know, you know? I mean, you're telling me right now, like, obviously, Illinois would counter with that, but can you imagine Purdue puts Travion Williams and Zach Day in the court together, and you got to have Jacob Granderson guard Travion Williams? Obviously, you're not going to do that, but, like, just, just, just there's questions, but no questions that are alarming. Like, so, this team is going to be really good this year. Last year, lost to Loyal Chicago. They are going to be back. Brad Underwood can recruit... Yep. Whether that's freshman or through the transfer portal, he can motivate. Hmm. 
Let's get the X's and O's down yeah. this year. Let's uh, let's let's get the wins in the win column. Even though he uh, he has, you know, Illinois, they were a really good team. Um, they did not win the Big Ten regular season. Some people thought they did. Like the Crankers. L- listen, like Illinois. Like the only bad thing about them last year is Porter Moser got beat them on a one day scout. Yeah, like that. And like this team's still very good, and that happened. And Loyola's a really good team. They were underseeded, like you know, and, and they were coached really well. They were coached really, really well, and Loyola had a, a different chip on their shoulder. So, like, Porter Moser sat there on a one day scout and was like, "I am not going to let Io Dosunmu play with speed." Yeah. <laughs> so and he did a really good job. And there and there goes your season. Let's, so, talk, about the, let's talk about the deepest team and the best team. In the David, country. T- take us through the best team in the conference and your best, best team, team in the team country. In the, country. Um, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, are going to win the national championship. <laughs> They're going to win the national championship. <laughs> All right. Um, you bring back one of the most skillful bigs in the Big Ten in Hunter Dickinson. You bring back a veteran leadership guard in Eli Brooks. Brandon Johns Jr. is a really good player they bring back. And you also bring in the best class in the entire country. You have the best freshman class in the entire country. Let's just name, name some names right now, okay? Musa Diabite, Kobe Bufkin, Frankie Collins, Isaiah Barnes, Isaiah Barnes, I know very well. And there's two other players that that one I know very well. That's Will Cheddar, went to Minnesota, um, not University of Minnesota, but from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then the best one of the best players in the country in Caleb Houston. This team lost a lot. That's the issue. They lost Franz. They lost Mike Smith, Isaiah Livers, Johnny Brown, Austin Davis. The biggest ones there, in my opinion, being Franz Livers and Brown. Mm-hmm. However, they replace Mike Smith. <laughs> with Devontae Jones, who me and you both He's love. He's so good. Me and you both He's love. You're a six-one guard. I don't he care. Seven rebounds. I don't care. Exactly. You're a six-one guard. You're seven rebounds. I don't care where you played. Um, they also have the best coach in the country in Jawan Howard. This team is. I don't think this team has weaknesses. I don't think this Caleb team has weaknesses. Houston's really good. Caleb Houston is a five-star freshman, top ten in the country. They have another five-star as well. Like this team didn't need Will Cheddar. Will Cheddar could go somewhere else, <coughs> Minnesota, <coughs> and, and, and be an absolute star. But he chose to beat Michigan because this. And the thing is, this isn't is a one-time. This isn't a one-time cycle for Jawan either. He's going to no. keep doing this. He's going to. You have okay, so Diabete is a five star. Caleb Houston, Diabete. They have Kobe Bufkin, um, Frankie Collins, Isaiah Barnes, and Will Cheddar. These right. guys are insane. I'm gonna, all of them are I'm really gonna kinda, good. I'm going to kind of whisper this so I don't like get backlash. Okay. From the casuals. Okay, the casuals. I would bet my money on Michigan winning a national championship before Gonzaga does. I completely agree, John. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, one because I think that's going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't but think like, I don't think Gonzaga's. Well, we can talk about Gonzaga later too. But I don't think Gonzaga's winning a national championship for a long time. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll see. We'll see with well, that. Ah, but like, they're going to yeah. be in the picture every year. We know that. Yeah. Um, and you have to figure they win one of these years. But like, you you know you know it's a rule until it's not a rule. Yeah. So I guess people are looking at Michigan and thinking to themselves like. Oh, they're bringing so many freshmen, and look at these teams that brought in so many freshmen last year. Whether it was Duke or whether it was uh, North Carolina or you know uh, Kentucky, all these guys had heavy freshman teams and weren't good. You know, they, they weren't good at all. You know, guys, it's it's a different year. You had a full off season to work with, and you also have an amazing coach in Juwan Howard. And we talked about Hunter Dickinson. We haven't barely mentioned his name. We mentioned a million times. If Hunter Dickinson can can learn to expand his game. It's over. It's, Dickens, it is over. Hunter Dickinson averaged 14 a game as really like the third scoring option offensively with one move. Yeah. Like he had one move last year. Yeah. And it was a hook shot over his right shoulder. Yeah. And if he missed it, he would just grab the rebound and yeah. score. <laughs> um, 
you know, there's some questions about like Brandon Johns Jr. Can he be a starter for them? And if he can't, you have Moose DPA off the bench. You have Cody Buffkin off the bench. They're going to take off Dickinson and bring in a freaking five star off the bench. I know. And they have oh other. Four, and they have four stars as well. Like this team is unbelievable. They're my national champion. Michigan, Juwan Howard, he's getting it done this year. They could have got it done last year if they. Had, I will stand by this. If Michigan had Isaiah Livers last year in the tournament, I think I think they win it. I think they beat Gonzaga. I think they play Baylor. I, I think they, they, play, they play, at least play Baylor. Yeah, at least play Baylor. Like, which would oh my god, I, Baylor's like your team, which was my team. Can you I, imagine if they play each other? Some of these kids don't transfer because like, like who, like, like, like Frankie Collins is like really good. Well, he won't transfer because he'll get his year next year with Brooks and Jones gone next year. <laughs> oh, you man. did that right in the mic, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you'll get Frankie Collins will get his time next year with. Like that's the thing too. Caleb Houston might be one and done. He could be a one and done. He mm-hmm. might not be. Who knows. But even if he's if he's not, you bring back because like I think Hunter Dickinson's going to stay another year. Like I think he just seems like a guy who's going to stay in college for a while. I, I yeah, know. I mean, who knows? Hunter he Dickinson might, was, was he a might true freshman ready. last year. We didn't even talk about that. Hunter Dickinson was one of the best bigs in the country, debatably the best big as a true freshman last year. And now he's taking a year to learn under Jawan Howard and everyone at that Michigan staff. They're going to be amazing this year. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's going to lose a couple guys. Okay, they bring in Jet Howard, Tar- Taurus Reed next year. Yeah, like. God, this team is so good. And just Jawan, he knows how to recruit, man. He knows how to get people in Ann Arbor, and with fans back, like fans know that this team's legit. Like, I mean, like I would, I'm get on the Michigan hype train now before it's too late. Listen, I'm not officially picking a national champion champion until the day the season starts because of the Villanova injuries. Sure. Like, I will say this though: if I was looking to build an ideal championship roster. Mike, it might have one right here. It would look like this, and the other one would be probably Texas. Mm-hmm. I think Texas is a very good roster. But so. you have a perfect match of, of, of young guys. So you have three star seniors in, in, in backcourt of Devontae Jones, Eli Brooks, and Brandon Johnson. You're, like, we haven't talked about Eli Brooks. When Eli Brooks plays, Michigan wins. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Last year, when the, the, what, and when he doesn't play, they lose. When the, in the four games when Eli Brooks didn't play, they lost. Lost to Minnesota, lost to they Michigan State. Smoked by Illinois. Smoked by Illinois without Eli Brooks. And I'm not saying Eli Brooks is going to put up 30, but just having him in the lineup is just. A game changer for them, so I can't. I can't wait. Yeah, um, you mentioned Zach mentioned earlier how Trent Frazier might be the best defensive guard in the conference. It's him and Eli Brooks. Yeah, like I kind of smiled when he said that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you and I were thinking the same thing. Yeah, Eli Brooks. Anyway, um, yeah, I can't talk about enough enough good stuff about about this team, but we only have a little bit of my time. Uh, let's wrap up. Awards or all conference teams first. Let's do all conference teams as always. Right. Third, third to one. Yep. You want to start? I'll start. <clears throat> my third team. Luke Louie, go for some kidding. No. Um, Jordan Bohannon, Jonathan Davis, Caleb Houston, Keegan Murray, and Kudus Wahab. Your third team. Tyson Walker from Michigan State, Devontae Jones, Geo Baker, Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray. Second team? Second team. Geo Baker, Eli Brooks, Ron Harper, E.J. Liddell, Travion Williams. My second team. Eric Ayala, uh, Bryce McGowan's, who... I love yeah. Rod Harper Jr., E.J. Liddell, Travion Williams. So we got three of the same guys. We have the exact same first team as well. David and I have this. the exact same first team. Which I this don't is, think this is debatable. This, is it the first team? I mean, like, there's no locks. No such thing as locks in the Big Ten, but barring injury, this should be the first team in the Big Ten. No, like, if you, go, if you go and look at, like, these are the best five players in the conference. Yeah, yeah, but, like, also, like, it's hard to compare a guard versus a forward. For instance, three-man like, we've had five forwards. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't want to put five forwards, five I. centers on the all-first team. Yeah, like I said, Big Ten's a big conference. So I have Jaden Ivey, Andre Curbelo, Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, and Kofi Coburn. I have the exact five, same five. Yep. 
Listed Ter- in a different order, but yeah. Who's your player of the year? This, is, this, it, is, this is interesting. How could it not be Hunter Dickinson? My Hunter Dickinson too. Like I, I, I was back and forth between him and Kofi, but like I think Dick, I think Dickinson does more on the defensive end. Yeah. So coach of the year. I went with Chris Collins, the guy we the guy we interviewed. That's so biased. No, it's not. If they make the tournament, if they, they make the totally tournament, he'll win it. I like how you have, by the way, you like picking whatever eight or eight or nine team you have. And like the SEC, you picked um, Jerry Stackhouse and didn't have Vanny in the tournament. No yeah. way, someone's coach of the year doesn't make the tournament. Why not? Because you got to make the tournament to win coach of the year, dude. Vanderbilt hasn't been good in a freaking half century. Like, I don't know why I closed my laptop. We're not even done yet. Uh, um, my coach is just Juwan Howard. Duh. This, so the other guy I was thinking about besides Chris is uh, Mike Woodson. Yeah, he is going to be runner-up. Actually, he might win it, even if Juwan finishes first. If they, fin- if they finish top four in the conference. It'll be him, and, I think. Like he, if, if they finish fourth and they take some big wins, I'll totally be done. Right. Uh, freshman of the year, I have Caleb Houston. Uh, I was back and forth between him but I, and another guy, but I chose Bryce McGowan's. Okay, fair enough. Nebraska. Defensive player of the year. This is a weird one. Like I, I don't know who to pick here. Pick your big, I guess. I, I went Hunter Dickinson. I went, Trax- I, I, went, both. I went Trace Jackson Davis because of his ability to also guard the perimeter. I think he can okay. guard the perimeter um, too. So. If, you, if I want to be like unique, Eli Brooks could win it too. Yeah, they didn't Tra- really give it. Who won it last year? Uh, Should have been Liam Robbins every two, two blocks a game. I don't know. I'll look it up. It might have been. It should have been Franz, honestly. Yeah, right. or or Liam Robbins who averaged two blocks a game. <laughs> um, defensive player of the year. Looking it up quick. It was... Daryl Morcell? Okay. What? Daryl Morcell? Let's calm down here. Xavier Tillman won the year before. I just went to like, oh my God, I went to defensive player of the year for the Big Ten and Davion Nixon popped up. <laughs> Man, that guy was good in college. He was. Um, okay. Um, newcomer of the year? No, it's newcomer of the year, not on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Because, duh. And Their whole that, roster is newcomers. Eh, no, Eric Curry. <laughs> And uh, I'm going... Their whole roster, except for three points a game, is newcomers. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I have Devontae Jones, Coastal Carolina point guard, now at Michigan. Uh, I didn't. I wanted to be original because I chose McGowan's as freshman of the year, so I went with Tyson Walker. But him and Devontae Jones was very close for me. Yeah, I don't have a single Michigan State player on the on the all-conference teams, which is a bit of a risk. And I just I cannot, don't think they're great. And I cannot remember the last time Izzo didn't have an all-conference player. Who was last year? Aaron Henry was for oh, sure he was, Yeah, he was second team. He was second team. Someone else was second team was Marcus Carr for some unknown reason. So um, that just shows that Big Ten all conference teams are Mickey Mouse and let me and Liddy decide by the end of the year. Looking at you, uh, current Big Ten commissioner Kevin Warren. That guy's terrible. Minnesota guy. Real, real story, real quick. My, I have a friend who I played baseball with named Thomas Aragon Menzel. Is also I love Kevin Warren. Real quick, you said that guy's terrible. He is family friends with the Warrens. Kevin Warren, his son Powers Warren. Do you know who that is? No, but Powers is a sick name. Powers Warren is a tight end, I think, for Miss State or a or something like that. Interesting. Look him up sometime. Anyway, that's all I got today. Um, Pac-12 preview next week. We are hoping to have another coach on. Got to got to confirm it. Um, We're going to have Mike Krzyzewski on for the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, thank you guys for listening. Three weeks left. To Marathon to March. We have three more conference previews to go with the final one coming on the day of the regular season uh, start. This has been the Big Ten Preview in an extended episode of Marathon in March. David, any final words? Um, Thank you all for listening, people out there. This has been obviously a really fun episode. A bit of a longer one, so thanks, you guys, for uh, for listening. I got nothing else. Um, 
shout out to Miss Beaverson, my third grade teacher. Thank you for that, Dave. All right, we'll see you guys in the next one. In case of you, 88.1 F in the student voice of...